In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Temptations. Why does God allow temptations? A young monk one day went to visit a venerable abbot. As they were speaking of spiritual things, this monk said to the abbot, My father, there was a time when I was troubled with much temptations, but thanks be to God, I am never troubled with them now. The abbot asked him, How was he able to become free from these temptations? The young monk replied, I prayed to God that he would never permit me to be tempted again, and he has, been, he has pleased to hear my prayer. The abbot quickly responded, My son, you have done a very foolish thing. Go back quickly and pray to God to send you temptations, but along with them, to give you the grace necessary to overcome them. If you have no temptations to fight against, you may easily become careless in the practice of virtue and may so fall into the sin of sloth. We see in today's gospel, our Lord is tempted three times by Satan. Satan uses these three tricks to coerce our Lord to sin. Of course, we know that our Lord was free from sin, But in order to feel our weakness, to experience what we suffer, he allowed himself to be tempted. Temptations are there for our own benefit. Through temptations, God wants us to merit heaven, to be purified and grow in humility and the love of God. God could have bestowed upon us eternal life as a pure gift, But in his wisdom, he reserved it to us as a reward. We have to work to gain heaven. It won't be given to us on a silver platter. Now, of course, that would be so easy, but we would then take it for granted. The things which we've acquired through hard work are always treasured more. And the same is with heaven. These temptations are opportunities for us to be purified. It reminds us through the lack of vigilance and of effort, in the past we have fallen. And it becomes us an occasion for us for contrition, shame, and humiliation, which makes the purification for the soul. It obliges us at the same time to have put forth earnest and sustained efforts, lest we fall again. It makes us atone for our negligences and for our surrenders by the performance of contrary acts, good works, which purify the soul. Through temptations, we grow in humility and the love of God. When tempted, we realize more fully our weakness, our powerlessness. We feel more keenly of the need of God and His grace, and we pray with more earnestness. We grow in love for God since we throw ourselves into God's arms, and we seek there strength and grace. We are more, fa- more faithful and grateful to his unfailing grace. We act towards him as children of the most loving Father, to whom we have recourse in all of our trials. We see now the good that comes about of the seemingly evil. These temptations shouldn't be moments for us to lose focus, become depressed and lose hope. It should be the opposite. 
Sometimes it seems that temptations will knock us off of our path. They're so powerful, so intense, that we think we've consented to them because they've been assailing us for some length of time. The pure virgin St. Catherine of Siena was seemingly overcome except by her superior will by temptations against the flesh. She was horrified and asked our Lord, once these temptations were gone, where he was. He then replied that he was there all along and was pleased since during this trial she was grieved and she suffered with our Lord. He reminded her that he was there and it was because of him and his grace that she was able to resist these temptations. Though, what about those less serious temptations, those less offensive ones, ones we probably suffer with more? St. Francis de Sales reminds us, saying, As to these smaller temptations of vanity, suspicion, impatience, jealousy, fond love, and such like things, we should see them as flies and gnats, which continually hove about us, and sometimes sting us on the legs, the hands, or on our face. It is impossible to be freed from them altogether. The best defense that we can use is to not trouble our soul about them. If you can imagine yourself working in the garden and being troubled by those annoying gnats or cutting the lawn and having those flies constantly attack your ankles, if you'd spend your whole time, which you've dedicated to cutting the grass or pulling weeds and planting, to getting rid of these gnats, your time would be used counterproductively. What does one do? Just continue to garden, continue to cut the grass. That is the same with our spiritual life. If we get hassled by these little temptations, these little thoughts that continue to bug us, to annoy us, the worst thing we can do is overexert ourselves and focus in on them. Let us just see them for what they are, worthless temptations which cannot hurt us as long as we keep our will firmly planted in God. Hopefully everyone has made some resolution this Lenten season. There is one cross, though, that we all have to bear one time or another. That is the cross of temptation, and we should see it often as that, as the cross. We can offer it up. Whether they be the heavy ones that drain us of our energy, or those smaller ones which just annoy us to death, we will have them. Let us use them and see them as means of sanctification. Carry them, offer them up, use them as reminders to pray to God. Sometimes it's something we forget often throughout the day. Let us turn Satan's attacks against him, just as our Lord turned the scripture immediately against Satan. Instead of coming out weaker, as the evil one intends, we've been tested and are stronger as a result. St. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 10.13, And God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will make also with temptation issue that you may be able to bear it. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.